Do you want something more? More meaningful moments, opportunities, deeper relationships, and memorable experiences? Do you want to make a difference? If you said yes, a career in real estate could be the opportunity you're looking for. Guiding people through one of the most important decisions they ever made. The purchase or sale of their home can be both rewarding and lucrative. Exit Realty has a revolutionary compensation model, training, and technology that provides you with the tools you need to start and build your successful real estate career. Call me today, Mimi Eubanks, your country realtor, at 843-730-3327. That's 843-730-3327. Or visit exitlowcountry.com slash join exit and make your exit today. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Exit Strategies Radio Show. I am your host, Corwin J. Millett, broken owner of Exit Realty Low Country Group in beautiful North Charleston, South Carolina. If this is your first time listening to this show, you, sir or ma'am, are in for a treat because our mission here is very simple. That is to empower our community through financial literacy and real estate education. We're legacy building. That is what we do. So if you're out there making things happen with your family, for the generations yet to come, you know, our word teaches us to leave a legacy, to leave an inheritance for our children, our children, children, and so forth and so on. We want you to put a hashtag on that thing that says that you are legacy building because that is what you are doing. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Anchor FM. You can also find us on Instagram at our website, ExitStrategiesRadioShow.com. You can catch us in a number of different places on your favorite podcast applications. We appreciate you listening. Please share this content with your friends, your family, your co-workers, even those in your groups, your church groups, etc. Guys, because sometimes the message and the word that we are speaking here today is for you. Sometimes it is for someone else that you know. Again, we appreciate you listening. Let's get started. So good morning, good morning, and good morning, guys. Welcome to another fabulous episode of Exit Strategies Radio Show, guys. I am your host. That is me, Corwin J. Millett, broken owner of Exit Realty Low Country Group in beautiful North Charleston, South Carolina. So guys, y'all hear the phones going off the hook around here because we got some amazing things going on and we want to make sure that we share them with you. All right. So please, please, please make sure that you tune in. Make sure you are focused. Make sure you get some notes pads and some pens or some pencils because we're going to be putting some things down for you here around here on today all right so guys look we have been going out amongst we've been going out across the land all right look and look i think this one we crossed the ocean we'll talk about that one a little bit later (laughs) but we have been going out across the land guys to bring you the best guests and today is no different we have with us none other than coach. He's a coach, Vikram Deol. Yes, with the Real Estate Sales Academy. Vikram, how are you doing? I'm blessed, never, never less. How are you, my friend? 
I am incredible. I am incredible. So Vikram, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be with us around here today and sharing with us, because I know you got some jewels and nuggets for us. So I'm going to first start by asking you to tell our listeners a little bit more about you. Well, I like long walks on the beach, romantic <laughs> candlelit dinners. I'm single. Ladies, what do you want to know, man? I've been a serial entrepreneur before being an entrepreneur was cool. I just thought I was unemployable as my friends and family would say, why can't you just be more chill and get a job, Vic? And I'm like, because I don't know, just working for myself seems a lot more fun. We were 17. I was selling Cutco knives and by the time my friends would wake up in the morning, I'd already made like 500 bucks. So back in California, I'd be like, let's go to the east side, get some carniceria, get some carne asada, some chicken, barbecue, smoke a couple J's, drink some beers, go sit by the pool. And I'm like, you guys are like unavailable. I'm like, y'all ain't around because you guys work this nine to five nonsense. And so I'm like, they're like, well, Vic, if you confront us, 20 bucks and we could come hang out with you. I'm like, yeah, let's go, dude. I made 500 bucks today. Like, come on, man. What's up? Let's go. Let's go. And I've always just had that, like, I probably get it from my family, but just that drive to go out and do something on my own. And I've always said it and I've done it. I've lived it. I just said, I'd rather be broke on my own than rich working for somebody else. And unfortunately I've had to live that a few times, but now I'm just going to be loaded and work for myself. That's the way better philosophy, be rich. And you know, that's what we do. So I had to laugh when you told me where you are, because it immediately took me back to a previous show some time ago, where we had a guest that essentially you guys are hacking life. That's what you're doing. You figured out that balance between I'm gonna live the life that I want, but I'm gonna make the means or have the means necessary in order to do that. So I don't want to get too far off into the weeds and the tangents. Sure, sure. Because I want to make sure that we really focus and, and talk about, at least initially, what it is that you do, how it is that you serve people. And let's get in the trenches on that. So okay. what do you do? Yeah, man, I help real estate agents use modern day sales tactics and actually connect with prospects in an emotional level so that the prospect is causing the prospect to want to work with you. Mm -hmm. And it's causing you to basically insert yourself in between where they're at now and where they want to be. Mm -hmm. And by asking better questions, by using better tonality, by having a better cadence, using body language and mm -hmm. learning how to read the room, you are able to have way better conversations with people and you know what, what's really cool about when you learn how to have a conversation with somebody is that you are no longer attached to the outcome. Obviously we want to help everybody, but you're no longer attached to the outcome because you're like, all right, Corwin's not, Corwin's not my guy right now. I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going to call five more people. I'm going to have two more conversations. I'm going to book an appointment with somebody who I can help. So we're not out there trying to force people to work with us. We're out there attracting the right people by allowing them to get out of their own way. Because in this market, we have interest rates, we have the economy, we have wars happening, and we have so much uncertainty that people are stuck in their own trap and they can't get out of their own way. And if you ask the standard questions out there, which trigger 
sales resistance or it puts the wall up, like it's really hard to scale a wall. That's why they're trying to put a wall at the border because it's hard to scale it. Like it's easier to walk across an open river. And mm -hmm. so if we can keep the walls of resistance down from our prospects, then it allows us to have a better conversation and it allows us to actually focus on the person we want to focus on, which is the prospect. And so that's what we do. And a little bit more about me. I had a real estate team before I retired back in 2018 and we had accomplished, I guess it was a lot compared to other people, but we'd done about a quarter billion dollars in sales in about six or seven years and built a team and had all the infrastructure. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to build that and do that and help people and teach people that were servers or teach people that were coming from other countries how to communicate and how to actually take the, I don't like to say the word sell because really selling is just helping people get out of their own way. Mm -hmm. But we were able to see some people that probably didn't have a lot of opportunity in their eyes, see things a lot different because they were able to go out and make six figures and get out of like servers or get out of construction and things of that nature. I got a little rant. Okay. Why do we still claim that 100K inflation went up 22% in the last 20 months? Something insane like that. Gas is seven bucks a gallon now in a lot of places. Why is $100,000 still the mark that everybody is shooting for instead of like, I remember 200 grand, like in 1980, my dad was making a lot of money. And if my dad would have kept making the same amount of money as he was in the 80s as he is today, because cost of inflation, cost goes up, cost of business is harder. He'd be poor, but yeah. it's still the same thing. Like when I talk to people like, man, I really want to make a hundred grand. Why has everything gone up in price, but we haven't shifted our mindset around what a hundred grand is. A hundred grand today is like 50 K 20 years ago. So look, I don't know your preference in music, but you strike me as someone who gets down with all genres. So you know, <laughs> years and years ago, Jay-Z said this thing that 40 was a new 20, right? Right. So a hundred grand, a hundred thousand dollars is the new 25, 30,000. I mean, yeah, you, entry you, level. Exactly. If you need to be at a certain level or what have you, as far as affordability, because you're right, inflation is off the charts. It's ridiculous. And we're paying... I remember I used to work in a grocery store. I man, I remember when eggs were was 50, 50 cents a dozen. And now we paying a dollars for them, six, seven dollars in some instances or whatever, right. but dollars for them. And milk used to be a dollar and change, and now it's five, six dollars a gallon. Yeah. It's asinine to me. I just so you need more money to yeah. live at that same standard that people did back then with twenty five and thirty thousand dollars. Absolutely. When I got out of real estate a couple of years ago, I was thinking about, okay, what do I want to do? And I knew that it had to help people. I knew that the component had to be helping people with things that are more than just buying a home, more than just buying a set of knives, more than buying a cell phone, right? It's got to be something where it changes somebody's life for good. And don't get me wrong, buying a home changes lives. It's just, it's a different level of change. Mm -hmm. Now, helping my people change their lives was really rewarding because those were people that might not have had the opportunity prior to us conversating. And so that's really cool, but I wanted to do it on a bigger scale. If we can, when I was talking to my coach a couple of years ago and he's like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, it's between like life coaching, helping people with their life or making money. 
I was kind of torn because I think that if we can help people make more money, it doesn't solve unhappiness. It doesn't solve childhood trauma. It doesn't solve a lot of the things that humanity is facing, but it does get you the resources to go out and find somebody that can help you with that. Because if you got to find somebody that's three grand for their program to help you go through all your childhood traumas, and it's a $3,000, $4,000, $5,000 ayahuasca slash integration slash nine month ceremony for mm-hmm. you to go do all the things and travel to Costa Rica or wherever you need to go. Well, you can't do that. Or if you got a kid that's got some crazy disease and it requires a lot of alternative healthcare that's thousands of dollars in the US, which is insane. You can't afford that. But if you have the money, it just solves those money problems and you get to live. I mean, you just get to live a healthier lifestyle if you choose to. Now, money, if you're a jerk, is going to make you a bigger jerk. But again, you can go get a therapist and work on that. (laughs) But if you don't have the money, you're just a jerk with no money and you're unhappy and you're poor. At least be rich and unhappy. (laughs) Well, that's fair. Look, I say this thing all the time. I say it to friends. I say it to family. I say it to our agents here because Vikram, I'm a broker. So you know, right. we have agents and regardless, you're going to struggle. So either you can struggle without or you can struggle with. And this is fundamental. You're going to have challenges in your right. life, period. So what does that look like? So you talked about and kind of touched on getting people to, I'm going to use the word interject. That might not be the sure. right word to use in the scenario, but essentially, and that's what we do. We find ourselves with oftentimes opportunity to assist people, but you can only assist people going from, as you mentioned, where they are to where they want to be. And we want to get right here in that path to say, okay, well, hey, let me help you leverage to that next level. So what is one of like the fundamental things that you see as a challenge for many agents as they endeavor to interject themselves? I guess like if we're talking about are we talking about like buyers, sellers? What do you? Let's pick a side. If I had a coin handy, I'd flip it. Let's start with buyers. So with the buyer, yeah, with the buyer, like buyers are aspirational. As my mentor, Sharon will say, buyers are aspirational, which means they want to get into a home. You have aspirational people that want something. Like you already know they have a want, but they haven't necessarily created the need because they have a roof over their head. They have comfort. They have a place to stay. They have beds. Now, if you talk to somebody and through the conversation right now, if you follow the standard script, you might never get to this. But if you follow what we do, which is how do we get to the emotions behind why they reached out? If you can ask the question, so it's like, yeah, Corin, why are we looking at, why did you reach out in the first place? Because they're going to go to the market, they're going to go to the news, they're going to start regurgitating a bunch of crap that a bunch of people told them. And you're like, how do I get through them? Well, you're not going to argue with argue, right? Fire and fire just makes irritation and they're going to hang up the phone on you. So what we got to do is we got to bring them back to the fundamentals of why did you reach out in the first place? Like, why did you show up to the open house? Why did you dial us on that ad? Why did you put your information on that listing that we are advertising? Like something triggered you. So if we can, well, you know, we're looking for a bigger house. Okay. And why are we looking for a bigger house? 
well, we have a bunch of kids. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Now, a lot of agents are going to stop right there. Like you barely just got the lid of the jar open and you stop. You're like, okay, they need a bigger house. They have a lot of kids. How many kids do you have? We have three kids. Okay. What kind of house are you looking for? We're looking for a five bedroom. Great. Oh, chick ching, chick ching, chick ching, five bedroom. That's 500,000. Oh, that's 25. Right. They start going into the math and they forget about the prospect. They've already gone to the store and bought the $7 gallon of milk and filled up their Escalade three times that they couldn't afford. And so we're like, wait a minute, slow it down, slow it down, slow it down. What's the effect that they're having? Okay. So tell me, so we know what you want. You guys want a five bedroom house. You got a bunch of kids. How many? Three. Okay. Why else do we need the house? Mm -hmm. What else is affecting you? Oh, well, I work from home part-time and my wife's going back to work and she's going to be working from home as well because she's got a complete remote job. Okay. So why does that, like, what's the problem? And now agents start assuming throughout like, okay, they got work from home. They need an office. We don't know what they need. We just assume based off of a conversation that we had with Johnny, that this is what they're going to need. And so instead of assuming, let the person tell you the story, because when they tell you the story, they tell themselves how much pain they're in. Yeah. Right. So they have to say it. Selling isn't telling. Selling is asking questions and then biting your lip and tongue. And maybe like the only time that I think like jewelry in your mouth is appropriate is if you like you put that shoehorn that the kids put through their lip. If you put it in through your lip and you shut the hell up and you stop talking, then it's appropriate. Otherwise, like I don't know if you should have jewelry and metal in your mouth. I don't know. Maybe you like to set off the things at the airport, but you got to figure out, okay, so we got three bedrooms. You work from home. Your wife works from home. You got three kids. Why is that a problem? I know some people that they would be rich to have a three-bedroom house. Mm -hmm. So why is that a problem? Oh, well, let me tell you. sounds like you guys are pretty comfortable. Oh, no, no, no. Let me tell you, Vic. There's kid toys everywhere. I'm sitting in the living room. The kids are running with their bottles and cars all over my stuff. We got a dog that's slobbering all over my stuff. My wife is going to be in the living room. Like, have you ever worked with a wife before? I have. It's called an ex. And bam, bam, bam. And they start telling you how much they hate their current situation. Mm -hmm. Well, Wow, that sounds horrible. How long has this been going on for? A year. Oh my gosh. Has that been affecting your like family? Yeah, how? Oh my God, my kids are arguing. My kids always say daddy doesn't love us because he's always on the computer, right? I don't have a place to lock myself into. I can't take a Zoom call in my bedroom. Like mm. my wife gets out of the shower one time and I'm on Zoom and she's like, honey, and I'm like, yeah, right? Like, oh my God. So is that affecting your relationships? Yeah, totally. Well, how? And you just get them talking and talking and talking and talking. And Corin, all of a sudden, well, rates are 7% in your market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but dude, I'm going to lose my wife. Yeah. I've yeah. already lost one of my, my oldest son thinks the computer is more important than me because mm-hmm. I'm always staring at the computer instead of talking to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, is this something like that we want to change? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess rates don't matter as much. Maybe we live 20 minutes away from where we wanted to live because that's where homes are more affordable. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Okay, great. Well, and then like, I don't know if anybody's like taking the time out of their day to educate you on like what it takes to buy a home in today's market, or even if you should be buying a home in today's market. But I guess like if you would find this helpful, what we could do is we could 
set some time on the calendar where we can meet, maybe grab a cup of coffee. And before the coffee gets cold, I can educate you on the three most important things that it takes to buy a home in today's market. Would you be opposed to that? And most people would say no. Right. Because they don't want to tell you that they're not educated. Mm -hmm. The realtors are not educating people because unfortunately a lot of them weren't trained because 2020, 2021, 2022 for a lot of people was still on the up and up. Mm -hmm. So they never had to do a buyer's appointment. They never had to educate them on the market. They just had to know how to write a basic contract and send an email mm -hmm. and pray to God that that was good. Like, you know, I don't know about you, but when I sold real estate before I retired, we would get offers. Corey, we get offers for 800,000, 1.2 million, $1.6 million homes just emailed to us and they would go to the spam. Mm -hmm. And then the agent would be like, Hey, we never heard back from you. I'm like, who are you? Like, well, we sent an offer on your listing. I'm like, we had 36 offers. Did you call my team? No. Did you text us? No. What'd you do? We sent an email. Did you follow up on that email? No. So you didn't do your job. Why are you mad at me that I went to my spam? Like, I'm not Gmail. I'm not Google. I'm not Microsoft. I don't control the system. Like your job is to do that. Like people don't even know those basic things and it's not their fault, but it is their responsibility to figure it out. And you know, you touched on something. I mean, that stuff makes me fight the air around in my office. Like I literally just swing out because <laughs> that whole thing of, well, I sent an email. Well, you didn't get a response back. If nobody acknowledged it, why didn't you follow up? Call it the person. Sense. Or what have you. You know, I tell, I'm still old school with, and I say old school, Vikram, but really and truly it's professional. I do my best with professional courtesy. Sure. There's times when I get busy, I can't pick up the phone and call somebody. I may send them a text, but yeah. I call an agent. Hey, look, we're accepting your offer. I call an agent and hey, looking forward to working with you or what have you. And that's a tone. We forget the importance of setting the expectation when you're yeah. professional and courteous on the front end. The transaction usually works a whole lot smoother yeah. because they already have an inkling and feeling and yeah. they're not defensive on the other side of the table. Sure. And we miss that. As a real estate agent, you have multiple clients. You have your actual, let's say you're the buyer. You actually have to represent the buyer, but you also have the client of the other real estate agent that you're going to be dealing with. Because if they don't like you, let me tell you, they will do everything in God's green earth to find another agent to work with because they don't like you. Mm -hmm. You also have to appease to the seller. So mm -hmm. the seller's technically a client of yours because you got to figure out how to get into their shoes. Mm -hmm. You have the lender who may or may not be your preferred person. So you have to now work with them in a loving professional way mm -hmm. to get them to do what you need to get the deal done. Mm -hmm. You have an appraiser who's also your client. Because if the appraiser doesn't do their job, you can't go do your job. You have an inspector that you better be able to have a conversation with because when they come back and tell you that there's rodents and bees and spiders and the crawl space is full of water, or right? Your attic is full of rats and this buyer flips out and you're like, dude, every place is like this. If that person isn't versed in talking to the client, they're going to kill the deal. But uh -huh. right? I love it when agent, I hate it, but I love it. I love it when an agent be like, the bottom just fell out of the deal. I'm like, what happened before the bot? There's a lot of things that had to have happened between writing a contract, getting it accepted, and the bottom just falling out mysteriously.
Like there's a lot of communication. There's a lot of tone and cadence and right. Like if you pick up the phone and you're stressed out, you're like, Corin, and you're like, what's, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. You knew something. Yeah. Like yeah. you pissed that other agent off and then the seller's like, screw these people. We're not giving them anything on the inspection. Forget yeah. them. We'll just go back to market. And that other agent's like, yeah, we'll get another buyer. Probably. I mean, in this market, you're going to have 30 to 60% of listings not sell because you're overpricing it because you don't know how to talk to a seller mm -hmm. because you're just like, Oh my God, I need this deal. I need this deal. I got to pay my car payment. I got to pay my rent. And so instead of talking to the seller and figuring out what their emotional reason for listing the house is, there's always a logical, we need to move. Why do we need to move? We need a bigger house. Why do we need a bigger house? Why do we need this? Why? Right. A lot of people don't have to sell in this market to move to a new house because they have so much equity. That's a question that agent should ask to make sure that you're serving the individual, make sure that you're asking them because maybe, maybe whatever the situation is, we can turn that property into a rental or maybe do something else with it and you don't have to sell it. You know, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Right. As long as you're able to keep that client, your client, that's the thing. I mean, I don't know about you, but I talk to a lot of people that are like, well, we just need now buyers and sellers. I was like, okay, tell me what that even looks like. I don't know. I'm like, cause it doesn't exist. The laydowns are gone. The, the 2020 laydown buyers and sellers, those guys are gone, Joe. Where'd they go? Well, they're scared. They need to be educated on why they should be buying or not buying. And mm -hmm. again, are you attached or detached from the outcome? If you're attached to the outcome, they need to be now buyers. If you're detached and you're always thinking about my pipeline, my pipeline, my pipeline, right? Like if agents get on the phone and they can start thinking about, okay, some of these people are going to probably transact now, maybe 20%, 80% of those people, you need to have a campaign. You need to have something to say. You need to be able to call and chat with them about their specific needs at that point in time without the standard, hey, I'm just calling because my CRM popped up a reminder and I'm like, oh, I'm just calling to say hello. How you doing, Corwin? I'm just checking in. I'm great, man. Call me back in six months. Check in next year. Mm -hmm. And then Corwin goes out and meets a stud and Corwin buys a house and you check in six months later like, oh, dude, we're moving into our new home. Well, I thought you weren't moving for six months, man. What the hell happened? Why didn't you call me? Um, you know, like my wife found this other agent at the open house that we were just driving home from Costco and the agent that was just at the open house asked a couple of great questions. Hey, you know, like Corin, has anybody actually sat down with you and chatted about the market? No. Oh, would you find that beneficial? Yeah, probably. I mean, we're thinking about buying. Would you be opposed to sitting down after my open house for a few minutes and grabbing a cup of coffee? No, we wouldn't be opposed to. Okay, great. Ding. And all of a sudden you're, I've been following up with you for five months. No, you've been having really crappy conversations mm -hmm. for five months. Mm -hmm. That's very fair because we don't pay attention. I shared this with our group. I'm a member of a top producers club. So in that club, I made the statement, but I also came back and shared it with my group about oftentimes we're in attendance, but we're not present. Sure. We're not present for people. You know, when you're present, then your focus is there. And that's when you have the opportunity to connect. When you're just in attendance, you miss the opportunity to connect with people. When you just show up because, eh, 
you know, but you're not really interested and you're not focused on it. You don't really have any concern, investment or otherwise legitimate care about the consumer, about the situation. That's when you run that risk and have those issues. So that's very, very, very interesting to see. So Vikram, we've gotten to the end of the show, but I always oh, ask God, that was super fun. That was man. That Anytime was you give me a microphone and let me talk, I always have a good time. Well, look, I think we're kindred spirits in that. So I'm going to ask you, I call it my mic drop question. Okay. And I call it the mic drop question because I want you to share something with our listeners, our audience, that if you had known this years ago, you can go back as far as you want, whenever, sure. start of your career, start a coaching, whatever that looks like. But if you had known that, then what is it that would have changed your trajectory completely and accelerated your growth and your development? I would have, when I retired from real estate in 2018, I was going through a lot of personal things, trials and tribulations. I had a divorce. I had spent a little bit of time in jail, got in some trouble. I was having some, just a lot, like making a ton of money. We we're doing well financially, but just emotionally I was wrecked. And I wish back then that I would have known that there are coaches to help you with your trauma. There's just not business coaches. There's just not therapists. There's hypnotherapists. And I wish I would have known that prior so that I could have kept that business alive and implemented a CEO or a somebody to run the business and keep it. Because I mean, we were doing, we were on track to do a hundred mil the next year. And we shut down at like, I think in 2017, 2018, what year? 2017. I think we did like 65 million or something. I don't know the exact numbers, 50, 60 million. And we were on track the following year to double. One was the market was going up. So that made it really easy. And two, our team was just super structured at that point. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have known. I wish I would have hired the person who I hired after I shut down the business a year later. I wish I would have taken the plunge, hired him, made him a partner, installed a CEO, had him be a partner into the installation of that. So give him a portion of the profits and kept that business versus shutting it down and moving on and doing something different. And I guess like when you pick a coach out of a big box, that's only coached, the only thing they're really doing is accountability. They only know how to hit the nail with the hammer. But sometimes you're not hitting a nail. Sometimes you're hitting a screw and you're trying to drive that screw with the hammer and it's and it just, it's resisting. And I wish I would have known that. Like, I wish I would have known there's different people that have different skill sets that five, seven, eight years ago I knew and I could have kept that business alive because that was a badass business. So just make sure you're finding the right help and just don't go after anybody because of price. Go after the person that, it's the right investment for you. That is profound. That's profound, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah. So Vikram, thank you. Thank you so much for being thank on you. the show with us today. For our listeners, guys, you got some real nuggets there. If you're exploring a career in real estate, if you're thinking about it, this is a show for you to go back and listen to over and over again. So you kind of pick out those pieces, those nuggets that are right for you. For our listeners, again, you know what we do. You know that we're bringing you engaging content. And Vikram, thank you from the bottom of my heart for being a part of the Exit Strategies radio show family. 
for being our guest today. And one final time for our listeners, y'all keep tuning in because we're going to keep bringing it to you. You know, I'm even for your throat, trying to, <laughs> to get you right in your throat. I'm trying to get you caught up because I want you to understand the opportunities that have been availed. And I want you to capitalize on those opportunities and make a real difference in your life. Y'all know what I say. Y'all know how I feel. I'm going to put the two of them together and say it to you this way, which is I love you. I love you. I love you. And we're going to see you guys out there in those streets. Guys, that was a great show today. And we thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Exit Strategies Radio Show. My name is Corwin J. Millett. Yes, that is me. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in for today's episode. Exit Strategies is my baby. It is how I give back to our community. It is how I foster goodwill, spread good news, and trustfully help you get great results. Guys, as I always say to you, as I always say to you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And we're going to see you guys out there in the streets.